good evening or good morning or good day whenever this should find you you beautiful soul my name is nova and you have perhaps stumbled across nova logs a diary if you will a public one where i lay down at night and i talk deeply about what's going on in my life or the thoughts that have roamed through and found their way on my bed with me. You will find that I'll be reflecting on love, relationships, setbacks, or self-love, and everything in between. So, before today's episode, sit back or lay down if you can. Light some candles, incense, make whatever you need comfortable around you. Grab that glass of wine, that apple juice, glass of tequila, whatever you fancy. Stay hydrated. Water works best too. And if you're under 21, water or some juice works best too. <laughs> so get comfortable and welcome to my brain. Let's talk. Hey, <laughs> welcome. This one is pretty random. I don't really have anything to talk about in this present moment. It's one of those feelings that I was like, you know what, I have something to say. And I don't know, it can be anything about funny jokes to something serious, but... There's no intention with this one, or set intention, or set topic, really, with this one. It's more so, and mind you, I am recording this at 3.57 in the morning, which has been an on-and-off bad habit during quarantine, as I'm sure many can relate. <laughs> I don't know, but I was just sitting and there's some new music playing and I was vibing and dancing to it. And then it just struck me. I was like, you know, I have something to say. I have something to express, whether it's like a more of a personal dialogue or something that is meant to be relatable. But yeah, I guess in the process of being more self-aware and getting more well-rounded with the history of, like, my experiences, whether it's from early on or from, like, you know, teen years or mid-twenties, that kind of thing, which the fact that I'm saying mid-twenties feels a bit surreal. Like, I don't know if I'm the only person, I know I'm not, who has had throughout time, like, oh, in 10 years, I can't believe I will be 10 years older and I will like understand the reality of being that age. And it'll be like, I'll be it, whoever I'm going to be in that moment. And I wonder what that looks like to, 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 to think about that on like a philosophical or like, um, con consent, conceptual. <laughs> conceptual way. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Word vomits. 
I guess that's going to be expected when I do these kinds of podcasts where I, instead of, instead of sitting with my new mic, I will just go back to old school of when I started. Old school being like the original hardware, I guess. So my headphones. But anyway, in the process of being self-aware, I come to realize that there are moments where, you know, I have this inclination to just feel something and part of healing from all of that, being able to be completely honest with yourself, which, you know, the point is to to walk through life and do that as much as possible. However, for some people, it's, it's difficult. And for me, it can be difficult just to be present and present in a way where I'm not disassociating. And that is hard because when you're disassociating, you can lead into a lot of different traps. You, you, you can do a lot of damage to your life without realizing it. And today, I haven't really processed it, but there is, and I don't know this person, no idea you know, who they are really, but they're also trans. And it's like when I see the posts about, you know, all of the trans women dying and I post them and, you know, link them onto a, a timeline because I, I like to keep a record of the people that have been publicized in a sense where they've been, you know, it's been thrown out there for people to know and be intentionally um, visible about it. But there's so many deaths that happen that we don't know about in pertaining to trans violence. And it also just hits much different too. And today I found out this person was on a TikToker or someone on TikTok posted about them. They committed suicide. Even today, some people were saying the word suicide, or, and I've had a conversation, and they say the word suicide. I never realized how ashamed and scared to use the word, like as if it's a slur. And people don't say it enough. They always like beat around, like, oh, they're not with us, or like they took their life, or that, you know, we don't actually use the term committed suicide. Committed is weird. Because committed also has an association of like being illegal or like something that you're doing that is an offense. It's so difficult to rationalize as a living person and also as someone who struggles with suicidal ideations. It can definitely be taboo in so many ways to receive information of someone doing that and then also to be the person in the shoes struggling with it. This this, this kid, it seems like a kid, honestly. I don't even know if they're over 18 or... The, but regardless, when you find out someone that shares a level of basic experience with you... It affects an entire community. And for a lot of people, 
they've been able to adopt that cis-normativity in that micro way where they can not let that news affect them solely because of the association of being trans or, or anything like that. I mean, in general, for me, it's really hard when anyone does it. So I, I, you know, I immediately am just doing it based off of that or like not doing it, but like being mindful of my empathy towards it and my, my sorrow towards it, the grief that you feel when a life no longer exists. I allow that to, to come through and in myself so that, you know, I'm feeling it. And I guess allow is a weird word to use because I'm not cognizant of doing it, but my body and my brain is open to reacting to it. Whereas some trans folks even um, are able to disassociate that or to not let it affect them in a way. And that's maybe a little bold to say because there are different levels of how news like that would affect someone. And I'm talking about situations where it's someone close to you or, or a friend or someone in your, around your life, or someone that you're aware of, and not just this individual at hand. But that's where we have the differences of like, okay, well, you know the grief and like the sorrow and the pain and, and the social stigma of committing suicide. But we don't understand how we're um, making making that more like a prosecution rather than than holding the level of concern and empathy for just the whole mental health aspect of it, so that you can understand that committing suicide is not we can't villainize it. And I'm not saying that we need to idolize it at all, but there needs to be a level of understanding that it's not something you could be mad at the person for doing, or it's not something you could be mad at the person for um, struggling with. But, you know, feelings are feelings and everyone's allowed to feel them. So it's also natural to feel angry, but angry is such a blanket term for so many other emotions. It's an umbrella term if you think about it. It's an umbrella emotion. It, it, it references a lot of different variations of reactions. But being able to understand those and not place that on the individual. You know, feel what you feel, but don't put your anger on the individual or at all in all aspects of what they're going through or what they've done. That to me is just perpetuating a cycle or a pattern and of how we're not able to break through that in order to really find ways to heal this crisis. This, this crisis that is clearly a part of human life, at least in the capacity that we're all living life right now. But yeah, I found out about that today. And it's difficult, man. It feels like you lost it's it affects a community of people when you find when you when you relate to that common experience. 
and this happens in many marginalized communities too. There are people who feel just, you know, feel the same collective trauma and then see someone who's, who lost their battle with, with their internal conflict. And it's depressing too. I was really surprised by how capable I was of like, you know, I, I supported immediately and did what I could do socially. But at the same time in my head, I was like, not really allowing myself to process it in that moment, which is okay. You know, sometimes you need, you can't just do that in the middle of the day, you know, when you're trying to live and like keep going with your routines and like keeping up your obligations and stuff, right? But in a moment now, when I'm sitting down and thinking about it, my brain's finally able to sit down and like just rest with it. My heart goes out to the family. So I looked it up and, and just to save a little time, but it, the, the kid's name was Christian. And I think from the Bean family has significance because of something, I don't know, or maybe that's just the name of the family. It's probably the name of the family. Again, everybody has their own reactions. And, you know, I made a post a week or two ago. It was last week. About some of the hatred that people put on in trolls on social media or people with really strong opinions, which are not really opinions. The hate that they just comment and post about and just live actively, intentionally throughout their life enough to post on people's comment on uh, to comment on other people's work and say that they should join a statistic. The statistic being this really, really classic one that everybody knows about and likes to use. Uh, the 50%. Uh, how about 50% of us commit suicide, which I think is now down to 40. <laughs> I say that like it's fucking, it should be zero, right? That's ideally the where we need to be. And these people just comment and perpetuate it and make our lives a fucking living hell just because we can't possibly just want to use a fucking bathroom or we can't possibly want to like eat in public and like also go and do things like everyone else without anticipating violence or without worrying about it. Which is why there's such a big deal on like being stealth and passing, which does nothing but the same shit that happens in in gay culture where internalized racism and homophobia and transphobia exist. Internal heterosexism, basically. And that is being birthed in our community as well, which is what is labeled as toxic by those who pass and also usually stealth or somehow not seeing the value. I understand not seeing the value in being visible. That's a personal thing, right? That's a personal choice to be visible. But at the same time, acting like it's a, it's a less than option and only, <laughs> and 
the only reason for being visible at this current stage is that it's a form of activism in that in hopes of leading a way of a better life for everyone. It's supposed to be an honorable thing rather than a natural human thing where we are able to exist. And so those people who go against that intentionally post about it everywhere, including some of my posts. I had people tell me to kill myself. Tell somebody that. See how that feels. Actually, I'm being sarcastic. Don't do that. That's exactly what I mean. Don't do that. It's disgusting. Dehumanizing. Devastating. It's a slap in the face. It's a disregard for our humanity. And it's not just affecting one person when you do it. Someone will see that and see that, oh man, life is really fucking hard. I can try and be visible, but it'll probably really, really cause some mental issues. And then on top of that, those mental issues are then blamed on our being trans when it's really, it's everyone else's fault. Everyone else being the people who can't fathom our existence as equal to theirs. They see those comments. They see the, that be that response to visibility. It really doesn't matter if you pass or not. It doesn't matter if you subscribe to wanting to pass or if like you naturally just do based off of your gender expression. But it's another thing to have to cope with an unequal playing ground to think I, you know, we all can relate to having that deep lowest moment in life. I, you know, if you don't relate to it, then thank goodness that you haven't had to experience that. And I wouldn't wish that on, you know, wish this on anyone, but it's hard. And you can't even express that it's hard. Like I feel this way. They feel this way. He felt that way. Uh, people outside of us being trans feel that way. We can't say that without this immediate, oh my God, we love you, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, we love you so much. Don't do it, don't do it. It's like, we are expressing our feelings. Let's talk about why we're feeling them. And let's be honest about how we are part of that problem. Even if you're following suit and giving support and not doing some of the most drastic and effective things that other people do. It's also still an internal battle. It is complex. It comes from home life, comes from many factors of life and existence and identities and reasons. It's not an issue of being loved. It's an issue of self-love and self-worth and how much that is respected based on their individuality based on their acceptedness, many other factors. Sometimes it's chemical. Sometimes it's psychological. Sometimes it just is. And I'm not saying don't ever express your love for someone who's going through this. That's not, that's the antithesis of what I'm trying to say. But we need to have honest conversations to better understand, to see how Society needs to change for that to happen, for those conversations to be beneficial. Understanding that 
and it applies to so many different things. It applies to how we treat people who don't deal with suicidal issues. But in moments like these, it's like a stark reality check of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm never going to stop seeing this stuff. I'm never going to stop seeing pain overtake someone's life. And it can definitely make someone feel like that they there's no hope for themselves. There's no hope for me. There's no hope for anything. If, the, if this is what I'm going to see the community do nothing about, community being all of like, people, <laughs> everybody, stop looking at people like they're crazy for having emotions or, or issues that came about situations that were out of their control or maybe in their control too. And they can't rationalize the shame from it, from guilt. That can manifest in many other, that can manifest into the other side, the other coin, the oppressing side of it. It can manifest into people being so diligent, like even the righteous people being so diligent in how they approach people by, um, by putting it all under one label of unstable people, mentally challenged individuals or, you know, crazy. So they react with a dehumanizing factor thinking, hey, this is what you are, like, go get help. They don't care about you. But just saying that is an act of violence. Just saying that is like terrible. And then it can go further because then they get called out on it or may get called out on it. Or just doing it to be damn downright mean and cruel. And all of that can start from the same place of not being able to deal with their own shit. Mm. I guess I kind of knew that it was going to be a deep emotional conversation. My heart goes out to Christian. It goes out to anyone else who struggles with the same, same fight. Hard enough we have to fight the world, but or feel like we have to be in survival mode, which makes us feel like we have to fight the world. But then to have to fight with yourself internally because of likely things you could not control in your life. But that's part of my self-awareness and my, my goal, my personal choice of intentionally, intentionally, and it wavers, obviously, for anyone who can relate, it wavers, but setting an intention to be self-aware, to process, no, this happened because initially a boy broke my heart, but also my spirit. It didn't, it's not the reason for anything, obviously, not like the deeper reasoning, but it was definitely a catalyst. I mean, usually, and I'll be honest, it was physical abuse too at the end. Like there was a lot of abuse that I'm uncovering throughout my entire life and being vocal about that intentionally vulnerable, and then having to fight that voice that you are bad, that you are actually the problem in all of those situations, when you know it's not true, but your brain is really good at convincing you of things, you're subconscious, and the world just wants to call that crazy. I had a meeting with a psychologist today, and I'm not going to discredit her knowledge, she had some really good things to say, and she provided, you know, basically what I needed or needed to know that we were setting on a path for. However, 
just through the conversation. It wasn't even her. It was just what is known in the medical, like the mental health community, the professional mental health community. What is known about certain things like ADHD, BPD, narcissism. There's a lot of focus on different types of trauma, sure, but then there's these things that where everything that they don't really understand kind of falls under, and it's just a constant battle of figuring out the symptoms of each of those, and which ones are, which, what category you fit in, and what path you take for healing and, and rationalizing through. And it was just my first session, so we'll see where that goes. But at the same time, I didn't feel very confident knowing that, like, okay, it's going to be a very, very long process to exactly figure out or, or see if I have like ADHD or things that have gone undiagnosed, maybe BPD. We'll find out, but it's not going to be as easy as I thought. <laughs> of course not. We just need to get to a place where having these raw, deep conversations aren't taboo and understanding it's okay. We're going to be okay. You just need the tools, the resources, and they're out there to be found or worked towards, but they're out there. And there is a way, there is a way out. And each person has a different way out. There's a door out of this despair and pain. You just have to find it because it's unique to you. It's unique for me. And it depends on a lot of different things. But for the things that I can respectfully speak about, when it comes to the hatred and the, the reaction of the world to you, the association of the world to you, trying like mindfully and actively staying away from it is conducive. So that means deleted, don't respond to it, don't pay it, report it if it's really harmful and really degrading or like act like very it's transphobic or racist or anything under the umbrella of dehumanizing you. Report it, screenshot it before you report it. That way, when you have to reappeal, you can post the comment to them. Or like if, meaning they, social media, if they don't think it violated anything, holding our systems accountable so that you see that like, no, that's wrong. That's not normal. It's not what you want to be. And that's not, you don't want to be in the line of fire of that. You don't need to be. Physical safety is different, obviously. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the world's reaction to you is no nothing to do with how valuable as a human we are. Your value is not dependent on, on that. Use that as a starting ground. Understand like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What they are saying is not, mm -mm, that's not, that does not pass the vibe check, Gina. Does not pass the vibe check. Moving on. Let's focus on why I'm, why else I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, that kind of stuff. For me, I moved on to meditating as fucking cliche and corny as it sounds. I've been meditating a shit ton and it's been helping me. And I'm telling you, like, not to lecture. I've, I've tried to, I've had a f few friends who were like kind of feeling the same kind of depression in a sense or feeling some type of depression. And I was like, you know, maybe try meditating. And I was like trying to explain like, hey, you don't even have to do this long. This is my perspective on it. Like, see, just try it. Just try it at least once. See if you like it. And that's hard to receive. You're just like, nah, I never, like, I don't like the idea of meditating. I didn't either. I was like, mm, that's not going to work. <laughs> but it 
did. And now I just want people to try it. Because even if it doesn't work, at least you know. And to be fair, it doesn't just work right after, you know, meditating for the first time. It makes you feel really good, for sure. But the first time you don't know what the hell you're doing. And just kind of keep, keep trying it and seeing if it's a routine that fits for you. But that helps me with self-awareness. And that's why it's so important. Because if you start being self-aware, you can start seeing why you operate the way you do. Whether you are on any side of the coin. It doesn't matter if you are someone dealing with deep depression. Or if you're someone who is being the oppressor. Like, usually you have your own depression. So think about it. Being self-aware allows you to reflect on your life a little. Where you've led up to. What your choices mean to you. And what your experiences that you have either blocked out or don't remember. All important things to understand about yourself. Because then you're just moving through letting the world dictate what you do and how you feel. And your value. Anyone hearing this, just know that I see you. I feel you. I get it. It's gonna be okay. It is going to be okay. I don't care how much like bullshit that sounds to you. But I mean it. <laughs> For what it's worth, I mean it. Anyway, you all know what I'm going to do if you've been listening to my podcast. So I'm going to go do that. And I'm just going to keep thinking if I need to think. Good night. Love and light to you, you beautiful soul.